Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another arousing episode of Strange Days with Tom Casadega. I'm Right Hook Ray, and my right-hand man, riding shotgun, who's going to take us on a, another wonderful journey down memory lane, is the one and only Tom Casadega. What's up, bro? How's everything? How the hell are How the hell are you? I'm doing good. Kind of anxious. Uh, you left us with a very good vintage cliffhanger. Um, as as we uh, continue this awesome, unique journey with you. Um, this is part two of this of this amazing saga. Um, I get a bit of a hunch with the cliffhanger that things are about to get pretty real. <laughs> so I can't oh, wait. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of got me on pins and needles, bro. Oh yes. Um, and that's why we decided to start off this show, well, limited time series with a uh with a two-part because I I felt one episode really wouldn't dignify like everything in into one that it needed. So we figured start out with a bang, two. Why not two? So this is what we're going to do. At the end of the last episode, I I left it where I just graduated and my parents, who were battling alcohol addiction, um, had came home and they trashed my room. And we're searching around for like anything they could find, we'll say. And they had found my graduation money. Well, when they had found all my graduation money that everybody in the family and friends and colleagues, like my job at the time I had worked at, they had gave me money and stuff for graduating, which was really cool. And, you know, just random other things like, you know, they found my one weed bowl and they kept that, you know, just random things well with that being said i went and stayed like i had said with one of my friends at the time and i just (laughs) just for the night we went and stayed somewhere else and then the following night we uh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry that night we left we went somewhere and then we went and stayed at the girl's house me and the girl um what ended up happening was when we got there, her mom asked me, what had happened? She, uh, something obviously happened. You have a black eye. And, you know, she said that her daughter called her and was all worked up and everything. And I tried to play it off as that it was normal. I was like, oh, it was nothing. I just had an argument with my parents. And she said, that wasn't no argument. She said, what happened? It's okay. You can tell me. And even now at my age, and I'm in my uh, <laughs> I'm in my 30s, and I still have like a hard time with like, I guess, trusting certain people with certain things. At, yeah, it's, it's understandable. Weird. So I uh, I'm trying to get better at that, honestly. But at the time, I was so nervous that I was going to be like judged about what happened, and I just decided, ah, screw it. And I went for it and I told her, I said, you know, my parents, I drink and 
drink a lot and uh, really going through it. And she said, what do you mean? And some other things like that, you know, what do you mean they drink a lot? And, what do you, and she's like, basically asked me if I had like stuff to eat and everything. And I said, oh yeah, you know, don't, don't worry about that. Like my parents take their days off drinking, they get things accomplished. And uh, so anyway, we got back to the topic of that night and I explained to her that my parents and I had gotten into a disagreement and they went out and got drunk and it fueled their anger again it was like throwing gasoline onto the fire of the previous argument so they decided to come home and trash my room well this is what i skipped over last week to leave us here on the cliffhanger was the leading up to the trashing of my room, what trashed my room? They didn't just come in and trash my room. No. Well, so with that being kind of our leading, uh, so John, what strange trip are we taking today? Oh, that's what I just said. That's what yeah. I just had started with okay. part two. Yeah, this is uh, part two. This is uh, the conclusion of what we talked about in episode one previous ahead of us. Um, this episode is going to take uh, ups and downs and turns, lefts and rights, but uh, buckle up. <laughs> I actually have that written here on my notes for the episode because every time I kept thinking about memories of this time frame, I just kept saying to myself, buckle up. So I wrote it down, buckle up. Because it's interesting. So, like I said, where we left off was the trashing of the room. Uh, what had caused the trash of the room? And they didn't just come in and trash my room. It was uh, when they had came home, I was sitting there with my girlfriend who I was seeing at the time, um, my friend. And another one of our friends mutually. My dad, we had a, a sliding lock on my bedroom door. And we had it closed. And I had it locked just because the handle wasn't working. So it wouldn't close all the way. And so to keep the draft of us smoking weed from out of the entire house, I just locked the door. So I had the doors open or so no doors were open. We had the windows open, so the smoke would go out. Anyway, my dad kicks the door in, and he's beyond drunk. Like, he's shit-faced. And there's my mom, like a little parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's like, you, you, you. And he's pointing around the room. Like, he's, he's that drunk. He clearly can't even see where I'm sitting at so he finally gets to me and he goes and you get out of here and we all get like we all stand up to leave and this is where I get to the point that he clearly didn't realize that he was what what he was pointing at so we're all trying to grab our stuff to leave and he goes not you you stay here and I said I'm not staying here I said I know what's about to happen I'm getting the fuck out of here my dad said no you're not well, like some young kid 
ride or die friends that I had at the time, they were all like, we're not leaving either. So they all sat there as the argument ensued between my mom, my dad, and over just everything that they wanted rent and that I was ungrateful and just some other things, you know what I mean? That I, if I didn't want to listen to like their rules about different things and, you know, I was going to be kicked out, but the whole thing was they wouldn't tell me like what rules I was breaking or what, what I did to even make them that mad what the whole thing was, it was, and I, I honestly, I won't never forget this because the whole thing was, it was about a cat. I wanted to adopt another cat. At the time we had three, but the one had, my mom had left outside on accident. All fucking drunk, the cat. She had let the cat know any better, got ran over right outside of our house yeah and my mom had to like my mom had found the cat so my mom had to you know clean the cat out of the road and whatnot and um she broke the news to me and it was my you know i i i, I don't know i was young i maybe my young grieving process as a younger kid i i don't know honest to god but it was weeks later i was like let's get another cat and I was just graduating and I was thinking like, I'm not going to have school to worry about so I can like raise this cat and work and like, you know, I'll be an adult, but I really wasn't, you know. So I wanted to adopt this cat and it, we got into a disagreement, not even like a, uh, nothing crazy, you know, I just, uh, I wanted to adopt the cat. They said, no, my um my girlfriend at the time ended up adopting the cat that we're talking about actually so the cat ended okay. up getting yeah the cat ended up getting a home anyway but it was the whole point of like can we they were like no and i was like well listen you know da -da -da -da, sammy had got ran over uh you know i think we you know it's only nice to you know and they were like no we're not not sure and maybe i did drag it in a little bit more with the please you know type of shit when you're younger yeah but they got like super pissed and they were like no we're not getting any more fucking cats tom and i was like okay that's fine well i thought it was over thought it was done with but it wasn't that was the whole reason why they were mad and like i said my dad was just mad because he was drunk and my mom was telling him i was like this disrespectful like just over the top crazy stuff my mom, on the other hand, knew about the fucking cat thing because it was me and her who had the disagreement about everything. And it was me and her who had the argument about it. So with that being said, she was there like, you better not have no fucking cats. And I was like, just the fuck cats that are here and the one that you like get run over. And just, you know, kind of like driving in there. And she got in my fucking face and I stood up and I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like yelling to like get them like get out of my room. And my mom hit me and my friends were all like, whoa, whoa, you know? And then my dad's like, get the fuck out. You know, he's like yelling at my friends to like, get the fuck out. And my friends are like, no, not unless he's coming with us. Starts getting a little frantic with, you know, seven people in one bigger bedroom. I did have the bigger bedroom, but it was kind of getting crowded and kind of like frantic. And 
what it ended up happening was my dad grabbed me by my shirt when I went to leave and I swung and I hit him and he swung and he hit me and we just like locked up and started fucking tussling and my mom jumped on like literally like jumped on my back to like pull me off of my dad but she was like trying to like pull my hair and like break my eyes you know like all right Ricky Morton hmm. but <laughs> I'm telling you it was insane because when that happened <laughs> my girlfriend at the time there was a it was a gallon when you make like Kool-Aid in them like yeah. an old milk gallon you make Kool-Aid in but it had like just like a cup four or two left that we had taken from the fridge and we were like you know everybody was drinking Kool-Aid she starts swinging this motherfucking thing at my mom. Like, get off of him. Don't fucking hit him. And she, my mom turned and looked at this girl. She about shit herself. Ran. She, like, ran out into the hallway. And she's, like, kind of, like, peeking in the doorway. So my other two friends are getting over by the door. And they're like, come on, Tom. So my dad goes to grab me. And I push my dad off of me. And he falls. He falls through this glass table. That I, like, I had a glass coffee table in my bedroom. And he like rolled in the glass and it like cut up his forearms, his elbows, you know. And uh, <laughs> my mom goes to pick up this, that gallon. That's why I almost said this gallon. Like I didn't just tell you about it. She went to pick up that gallon of Kool-Aid to like wail it at me as we were like all running to leave. And she hits the light bulb above her. It goes from just bright to boom, dark. But the TV's on. So it's just like the lights of the TV are kind of like lighting up the entire rest of the dark house because the only light that they turned on when they came in was the kitchen. So <laughs> with that being said, we're like all the way in the back of the house and fucking it's dark and light gets cut out from the lamp being you know, shattered and we're running down the steps and they're trying to get us and we all run outside and we leave. And, uh, yeah, well, my girlfriend at the time had called her mom and the police. My neighbors had heard this crazy ruckus and they called the police as well. So what we did was we like walked around the corner of the block just for a second to like get away from them. And we were going to like, we were actually going to go back and get my buddy's car, um, but <laughs> as we were like walking back towards my house is when all the cop cars come and they're not happy. These cop cars, they show up and all they know is that something happened. So they're asking me and then I explain to them my side a little bit before they see my dad walk outside and he's bleeding because from his forearms and his elbows. Yeah. So they automatically... Uh, they're like super pissed at me, but then they see my shirt ripped and then I have a fucking black eye from where my mom hit me. Um, anyway, long story short, they said that if, uh, that, that I had to leave and that if I came back again that night, that I was going to go to jail and that my parents and I didn't have to have any contact that night. So I said, all right, cool, whatever. They let me go inside, grab whatever I needed. And I left. And the whole thing was, I had just turned, like, I was 18 in March of that year. It was my graduating year, like I said. So it was like, I was a young kid still. And, uh, yeah, 
so we left and uh, like i said i'm explaining this all to you know my girlfriend's mom and she's like oh my god you know this is insane she said do you need somewhere to live and i was like i mean yeah and she said it doesn't sound like you have somewhere really safe to live she said i mean you're dating my daughter and i always really liked you she said you can stay here and she said uh I do this and this, and uh, there's there's another word that she used, and I don't want to be completely wrong. It was like I do like banking management or like something like that, you know. She said for realtors, I move, I sell realtors like houses and like realtoring houses and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She said when I have a house, I don't, you guys can even move into one of those if you want. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So long story short, I move in with this girl. What we do is we plan it out to where when my mom and dad aren't going to be home, like when they work and when we were just going to go down guns ablaze and that all my friends were going to have their vehicles and that my girlfriend at the time was going to have her vehicle and that we were just going to go, just get all my shit and just be out. So that's what we did. But when we arrived is when we seen uh, my room trash. And that's like I said, um, I was like, oh no, my graduation money. So I, in my trash room, I ran over to where I knew that money was. And I went to the spot and the box that it, the box that was in front of it wasn't there. And I just knew at that point that it just wasn't going to be in the spot that it was behind it. And I went over to that shelf and where it was and where the little spot was, it just wasn't there. And I was fucking crushed because I just, I knew, and I hate to say it, but I just, I knew that that was going to happen. Like finders, keepers, losers, weepers type of rule always applied with my family. Like, and I hated that growing up. My sister still lives like that. My mom still kind of lives like that. And I just, I don't know. I never got down like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, they took the money. My mom and my dad took my graduation money and there I am breaking down. We'll say that in front of my friends and they're like, Oh no, what, you know, I explained to them. So then it goes, now it's just recover what you can and leave and leave the room, that mess that you left, you know, that it was trashed in. So I grabbed whatever clothes that I could and whatever, belongings that I thought might have meant something to me and I just moved out and I went guns up blazing both feet in moved in with this girl and her mom and her little brother and we were up and running um it was like I was just welcomed into this family I was just like another kid to this lady but the whole hook on all of this is is the girl's mom the girl that i was dating her mom was dating a kid that i just graduated with like a kid that was my age that i went that was in my grade that i knew from preschool was dating and i do believe is still maybe with her mom so how did that dynamic work? Here it goes. What happened was 
that dude who was dating her mom used to date her. When we were younger, him and her dated. The daughter and this dude dated when they were younger. He befriended the mom. Him and the mom really hit it off and then fell in love. And then we're together. And I'll say it before he was even 18. And then he was 18 and they were just fucking like rabbits. Because I live there, bro. I heard them. They ain't nobody going to deny that shit. You know what I mean? And then you'd bust their balls about it and they'd be like, oh no. And I'd be like, all right. Like we didn't hear you all fucking like crazy last night, you know? So then eventually it just became, it was me and her and then her mom and that dude. And then her little brother was just always doing his thing, going to friends' houses for days or just, you know, we were just living a life of that. We, uh, vacations and different things like that. And then came their LA vacation. This is a good story. Um, we're like fully in love at this point. Um, I'm having like a big fingerprint on this house. You know what I mean? Like a lot of my stuff that I ended up getting, you know, back from my house you know it has like a tom touch if you, you know me it's yeah it has a very tom touch and it got a lot more tom touch here the mom says uh if you guys don't mind you know like uh <laughs> help us finish painting the walls white like we were gonna do i have all the paint and everything in the basement that'd be great that'd be an amazing surprise to come home to well my girlfriend had said, Hey, my mom would love, you know, would love that. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. So we painted all the walls white, you know, the kitchen, the hallway, all the way down to the bathroom, painted the bathroom white again, you know, like retouched everything completely up over like a, and it was five of us. So we got it done over like a two and a half, three day span. We'll call it three days. And uh, anyway, on the second to third day, the second day, I got a case of gold spray paint. Somebody had gave me like the shiny gold spray paint, like the good shit. Yeah. And it was the, oh man, I'm trying to think of the name of the brand, but it was like the top brand one. And it was, the story was that it fell off a truck. And I was like, okay, coming from a, uh, an artist skateboardy type of guy who gave it to me okay and uh i had this case of this gold spray paint and we decided to throw a party not even like a party where like we had like a mob of people but just like a small get together yes thank you of like of me and my buddies plus that guy who was dating her mom a um, few other people and stuff. So what ended up happening was we decided to bust out some uh, uh, nose candy. Cocaine. I got it. <laughs> we, uh, we all decided that we were going to do, you know, a little bit of cocaine when we were drinking. And we got fucked up. So we had all this gold spray paint. We decided they're cabinets. They're like an older blue and we don't have enough white, but we do have all this gold. 
how nice would gold cabinets be, especially when the sunlight hits them? You know, it'd be like fucking nice, right? So we emptied out all the fucking cabinets in this kitchen. All the cabinets above the ki- above the sink, below the sink, all of it. Spray painted all these motherfuckers gold. Gold. The insides, the backs, the, the backs of the doors, you know, like legitimately did it all in gold. Everything. And then put them all like, you know, back together and when everything was dry like she had the big fan and everything and so we did that and probably got more fucking high on like the spray paint fumes as well but we did have a big sliding glass door right there and there so anyway we didn't tell them we painted them gold they came back from the la trip and that lady was like she wanted to be so mad at me but she couldn't because the dude she was fucking had a big part in it too so it was kind of like, honestly, like the curtain call. Because okay. before, I'll run it down real quick. The four of us that had something to do with it, I ended up getting the worst of it. The other two, Vinny and, well, I'll use Vinny's name just once, but uh, Derek and um, Mike, we'll say, okay? Derek and uh, Vinny, she didn't give a fuck about they didn't have nothing to do with her family. They were just helping their painting along with our other friend who just wasn't even ended up being there. So uh, Mike was the guy she was seeing. She wasn't going to be fucking like terrible to him. She wasn't going to be pissy with him. She wasn't going to fuck with him. He was giving her the dick. But then there's me. I'm dating her daughter. You know, I'm like, doing coke and fucking smoking weed and having like my buddies over and stuff and like you know getting a little comfy getting a little comfy so then she kind of started cracking down on me she was like i want the fucking like she came home and she was like she legitimately cracked let me just say that i, I kind of gave that away lacklusterly but they came back from la and like we met him outside and we had like surprise for them when they walked in, like, yeah. And they came around the bend a little bit into the hallway and then into the kitchen. And they were like, it looks great. Hey. And then the mom came in and she went, oh, that's not real. And we went, yeah, you like it? And she went, that's not fucking real. And we were like, yeah. And then she like walked away with her head in her hands. And she was in the in her bedroom like crying she was like them cabinets she was like there's good wood underneath of that paint that's gonna take so much strip to get all that off what if i ever wanted to just take it back to the wood and it's like you know whimpering and we're like oh fuck we made this lady cry we thought we were doing something good so Vinny and derek were like peace we're out of here dude and then mike tried to console her and i tried to make her feel better but she was like pissed at me she was like because you're always getting all fucked up and always these stupid ideas and you know and like all right you know what i mean and then uh mike was like i had something to do with it she wasn't like too too mad but then it came she wanted to start cracking down it was uh a little bit more harder to live there at that point we'll say all right and so i had said to we'll call the girl kylie i had said to her you know, I, I think I'm going to end up trying to move back home 
And she was like, what, why? And I was like, well, cause I had a little bit more free range there, you know, like I think, and instead of being, but I was a young kid, but I wasn't thinking like an adult at all. Cause if I just went and talked to her mom, things might've just been fine. I could have like hashed it out maybe, you know what I mean? But instead my young, stupid on drugs mind was like, you know, I think I'm going to end up trying to just move back home. Kylie was not thrilled. So then her mom found out that I was extending an olive branch back to my mom and she was not thrilled. She was like, after all I've done for you, you're going to go back. And I was like, yeah, I think. And I was like, I said something like it's been uncomfortable here. And she was like, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Just, just if you want to move back, go ahead, go. And I was like, oh, fuck. So then she was mad at me. Well, then her mom was like, what's she mad about you now? And then I said to her mom the same thing I said to her. I was like, you know, I've been feeling a little bit uncomfortable here. Well, her mom was like, yeah, you painted the fucking cabinets gold. And like I said, I didn't go about anything like an adult or anything. Her mom was like, yeah, you painted the fucking cabinets gold. And then it, it could have been something so simple that I could have just talked to her about or anything and just hashed it out. But I took that as like, oh, fuck, her mom hates me. So then, like I said, that olive branch I extended to my mom, I was like, hey, I really want to move back. You know, I said something like, I want my freedom back or like something like that. And my mom was like, that's fine, but you're going to pay rent. I was like, all right, cool. So I remember like, they were like telling me like, don't go. And I was like, no, I'm gonna. And even my friends were like, bro, you really shouldn't move back home. And I was like, no, I'm gonna. Well, against her mom's, you know, blessing and hers along with my friends I decided to move back home and that caused a lot of heat with my girlfriend's mom and my girlfriend at the time and then that's when her mom was like I got this place and we were like what she was like you guys want to move in to this place and I was like well all right and it was from Russellwood to uh, anyway, without going to the streets. Anyway, it was only, it, it wasn't that far away from where we even were originally. Okay. So um, I'm living in this place, and uh, you'll say it's a little bit of time down the line later. Um. Oh, I jumped around a little too much on that. I'm no, sorry. No, it's all good, man. It's scratch, all part of the story. Scratch what I had just said and rewind just a little bit back. I'm sorry. Um, I was still living there with um, her and her mom and the dude. That's how far I want to go back. I'm sorry. That's when the place had got offered. And it was because like a relative was... Uh, had moved out and it was like an empty place and it was down the road from her mom's and we decided that we were going to like you know going to do it and her i want to say her cousin and her cousin's boyfriend and baby's dad whatever the fuck they ended up they have the house i think they actually still live in that to be honest with you they ended up getting it so it ended up being that we went on a vacation to Tyanesta. Her family has a cabin up in a place called Tyanesta, PA. Yep. 
And Sounds it familiar. Thanks- it was a Thanksgiving getaway. And remember, I'm still living with her at this point. I didn't move back home or anything yet. So I, <laughs> we go away on this Thanksgiving trip and her family hates me. I'm not talking about the mom. I'm not talking about the dude I went to school with. I'm not talking about her little brother. I'm talking about all the other family I met that week. And it was like a three, four day thing. We got there and then it was three days. You know what I mean? So it wasn't technically four days, but it was three days. Three days. days. And now you're trapped with this. People that don't like me. But I was smart enough to where I bring my old Sega Dreamcast with like my gun and like House of the Dead and like steering wheel and pedals and shit. Like we did it right. We like, we thought about it, you know? So me and my girlfriend, you know, like everything was all right until I started getting like, uh, here we go. Her, her uncle, the one dude that was there with like his kids and his wife, they would cook food for everybody except me. I, since we're going to tell the truth here, the very first day that we're there, okay, I, people were still unloading stuff and like, you know, the family was all there and like, nobody was really introduced or anything yet. Like I was still just a kid who was there. You know what I mean? Could have been a friend, whoever. They didn't know me from fucking Tom, Dick or Harry. I had a joint. I had finished my cigarette and I was just walking around the, like the actual cabin looking at the property. And I decided to fire up this joint. And just as a young, dumb kid, you know what I mean? Like nowadays in life, I wouldn't do that shit, especially if I'm around a whole new family. that's never met me. So I light this joint and I'm smoking this joint and I walk around and I'm back at the front of the house before I know it. Well, that's where that uncle and his kids and the wife show up. I'm smoking this joint. This guy was not too thrilled that I was smoking the joint, but the wife was no bullshit. The wife ended up smoking with me a few days later, not that joint, not that moment, but a few days later. And I'll get to that. But The wife said it smelled good, but the husband was pissed off and the kids like they were uh, 19 and 21, some shit like that, where they weren't like young kids. They were my girlfriend's older cousins. So it was like that because my girlfriend was still younger than me and I had just graduated. Me and her one cousin were the same age. Okay, And then my girlfriend was still in high school and then her older cousin. So anyway, here we are. It's technically us four kids. That dude I went to high school with is still my age, but everybody's treating him like he's a fucking 50-year-old man because he's fucking her mom. This uncle's like making breakfast, but only making enough for everybody except me. You know what I mean? Like just the, he would get everybody. Yes. Like get everybody a beer except me, you know? And it was just like, these little things were building. And I'd said to my girlfriend the one night, I, I said, I think your family doesn't like me. And she was like, what? what do you mean? And I was like, no, I really, I think your family doesn't like me. Like her mom's sister and then her mom's brother were the uncle and then the aunt that were there. They both had their spouses with them there too. Um, The aunt's husband liked me, but then the uncle's wife liked me. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, the in-laws like you. Exactly. So it was kind of like a pattern of being like the other person who wasn't their blood and knew what it was like to be new to that family so they were like cool to me 
that's why I ended up smoking with the wife on the third day. And uh, anyway, the old man, Ben, he like, I had like helped him with wood and like, I tried to make the most of it, but it was like really awkward, but it caused like these, how am I trying to say it? These like, these roots that grew into a big bush before I knew it of problems from me and my girlfriend in our relationship, because we were young. We were fucking stupid to begin with. There was drugs involved, meaning like we took a bunch of weed, we took like coke and we took some pills and stuff. You know what I mean? And we were getting like, not like stupid fucked up, but we were catching some buzzes, having some beers and then either going up to the room and arguing and then going to bed or going and having sex and then going to bed. Like it was hit or miss for them a few nights. And out of them four nights, I want to say we argued two, no three, and then fucked two out of the four. So we argued even the one night and still had sex, but it was like, there was just something there. Like we couldn't wait to just get home and get away from each other for a little bit. So we got back and I ended up like going and hanging out with my buddies and stuff. And like, it, it got really weird at like our house. And that's where I was getting to about like the uh, uncomfortableness. And there were so many things that now were just kind of adding up. So with all that, it led to, like I had said, and, uh, I was thinking about moving back home and I left this part out and I actually just had remembered it. Her mom actually did get like really upset with me the one night because the black eye, she brought up my black eye from my mom from prior and everything. And essentially she just didn't want me going back there. And had I been a little bit smarter and handled all of that better, everything would have been fine. You know what I mean? But I jumped the gun and I, uh, I had moved back home. So now I'm moving. I'm back home. Now I'm back home and I'm at the house that I originally moved out of to begin with. Then my parents are like, we're moving. And I'm like, what the fuck? And <laughs> originally there wasn't going to be room for me. But then they ended up not getting that place by the luck of somewhere somewhere someone they ended up not getting that one place they ended up getting another place over by where i went to high school at and in this house i had a smaller bedroom than i you know i had and it was just i would have been better off staying where i was and i started having to realize that but it was already too late there was already like so many other problems and it was like I'll make a comparison for you. It was like, say you had a perfectly clean white piece of printer paper. Yeah. And you crumple it up and you uncrinkle it and you try and smooth it out. No matter how hard you try, it's never going to be pristine like that. Exactly. So that's exactly where it was. I was trying so hard to like iron that out. I mean, I was going and staying at their house for, you know, weeks and stuff. And you know what I mean? Just, just trying to hash it, hash it over. Exactly. It. But it's just something wasn't there. You know what I mean? Something was off. And we had been working on stuff this whole time. Like she had a job, I had a job, you know, well, I had lost my job and I needed a job. She had had a job at the one store over the road. And they needed people in the stock room. And I was like, bang, 
that's the worst thing you can do is have that thought to work with your spouse in the same place. Regardless of her being a cashier and you being a stock person, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Unless you're like an older married couple, like now me and my wife run a business, you know, things like that. But legit, and even then you're going to have your problems. So imagine being 18, 19, and then her being, you know, uh, a cashier who's a young girl who's going to get hit on stuff. So here we go. Um, I got hired at this market and everything was going fine. We were just that young, cute couple compared to everybody else. Pretty much who worked there. They were like older and, you know, toothless and grumpy and stuff. You know what I mean? Well, they liked, the, they liked us, you know? And um, yeah, they're in the, over in the um, customer service center in the customer, not center, but in the customer service. Kind of the hub. They ended up getting somebody new and well transferred. And it was this dude. And uh, we'll call him Craig. Okay. Well, Craig was 37 years old. Okay. And (laughs) I was 18. This girl was 16, 17. I'm sorry, 17. And uh, he was 36. He kind of befriended me first, but he was only because I'd catch him on cigarette breaks and we'd talk about weed and, you know, random music and shit. Well, then the whole other time I'd be working, he was a customer service and she was the checkouts and they would talk. Well, they befriended each other. And that's not the issue. That's not a problem. I can care less, you know, about my spouses having friends or anything like that. It's when people are like sneaky and shady and lie. That's where I don't like. Well, he would, uh, he would always offer her to like, Hey, you want to come hang out with me and my friends? You know, Friday night, we're going to go to da, 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 da. And she's like, well, I, I have to, I'm going to see what Tom's doing. And then he'd be like, no, I mean you. Well, then she would tell me and I would say something and do be like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I highly doubt she's going to fucking lie to me about something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like a couple weird things that happened. You know what I mean? Uh, over a couple months span. Well, then something had happened and this is where we're going to get to. <laughs> the one night we, there was like a group of us that all decided to hang out and it was me and a few of my friends. And then my friends, like one of my friends that I was with had his girlfriend and I think two of her friends. So it was three girls and four guys, three guys with them, three girls. I had a girlfriend. I was the fucking the fourth wheel. Well, we went out to the one, the one mall. And then there's like a little store off to the side that, uh, the record exchange and, we all got out of the car to go to the exchange. And as we're all walking, we're all like talking and like smoking cigarettes and being like young, dumb kids. 
And this car comes around and it was that dude from customer service. And he seen me and I seen him and I even like, you know, gave him like the wave like that, you know, you lift your hand up like, hey, and he no sold it. Like he just kind of gave this dirty look. Well, I didn't think anything of it. I just was like, oh, he might not have seen me. Well, he went and told my girlfriend that he's seen me holding hands, walking into this record exchange with this girl. And uh, that when I seen it was him, I kissed this girl in front of him. I said, that's a bold statement. That's a very bold, you know, accurate, yeah. you know, thing. detailed thing to say. So I was like, let's go ask the girl that he said I kissed. And then we'll get down to the bottom of this, you know. And this is where I knew, like, now I should have just red flagged it, but I just knew something wasn't up. Well, I knew something was, I knew something wasn't right all to begin with, with this guy, but this is where I definitely knew. We went to the girl and she was like, what? I'm talking to, we'll say Tyler. I'm talking to him. Tom's just one of the friends. We were always a group. Nobody was holding hands with Tom and this my girlfriend at the time was like, she has to be lying. She wants him. She went, okay. Hang up with this girl. And the girl I was with went nuts. She was like, she's lying. You, she wants to be with you. You guys are hiding it. And you're hiding it from me. And I, I promise you, that is not the fucking case. So sure the fuck enough, she gets all mad and she storms out. She's like texting me all this like goofy stuff that like, how would it feel if like I hung out with like Chris, like the guy or Craig, I'm sorry. And uh, I was, if that's what you want, that's, you know, that's what you can do. Well, needless to say, she started having an affair with Craig because I was the guy who just kind of like trusted, I guess, a little too much, to be honest with you. She started having an affair with Craig because they started hanging out because she thought I was out there hanging out with other girls and stuff and was doing my own thing. So she's hanging out with Craig and Craig's friends. And they're all saying, dump Tom, you should be with Craig, even though he's 36, all this weird stuff. So she swears up and down, nothing's going on with her and Craig and that they're only friends. And I said, even if you are, I don't give a fuck. Really don't care. Really didn't. Really didn't give a fuck. So honest to God, it ended up being... <laughs> I want to say like a month to the day later that I was walking down a street in my hometown and this car drove past me and sure as shit, it was her and fucking Craig. But it just, how am I trying to say this? Like, it was almost like they, the reaction I got from them was like they got busted or something. It was really weird. Like they were all alone. It was only them two. But here's the whole ticker of, of the bustedness of it. She was supposed to be at work. Ah. That's, the only that's the only reason why like the whole thing was, wait a minute. Yeah, you could have got done early. But like, what the fuck? Was it really that slow to really cut you, you know, three hours early? So that was the excuse that I got was, oh, I'll get dropped off down the road here. If you want to see me and you could just, I'll meet you. We'll meet, you know, walk towards me. I'll meet you, you know, 
Craig will drop me off here now. And I'm like, nah, go ahead. Have him take you home. Do whatever you were doing. I'm going to go and see, you know, such and such and continue what I was doing. She's like, no, no, if you want to see me. I was like, look, it's up to you. And then she said something along the lines of, I'll see you when I see you then. And I, now looking back, that was like a final nail in my relationship at the time. And I was like, all right, cool. And then days went by, I didn't speak to her. And I just, I wasn't really even paying attention. And then I should have been, I guess was the thing because I was eating like pills and tooting some boots and, you know, smoking weed and just doing my own thing. Just being a young kid, not realizing that that long-term relationship was having this affair. You know what I'm trying to say? So instead of, instead of her getting the chance to dump me, I figured I would just dump her. And this is where all hell broke loose because when I went to dump her, she said, no. She said, no, that that's not what she wanted. And that's not what I wanted that we should like, you know, work on whatever. And I said, clearly there's something going on with you and Craig. I think we should just, you know, stop seeing each other. Yeah. I think that'd be for the best. She didn't want no part of that. Well, it drug on for a little bit longer there. Okay. And uh, I want to say like two weeks, about three weeks later. Okay. This is where like things got really, really, really goofy because uh, there was a get together. That we were having at her house and not to interrupt you but is, is is this one of the many peaks and valley turns that are coming up yes okay yes just 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 wanted to be clear that i'm so, still with you absolutely and um so we show up for this get together at her house and it's me and a couple of my other friends and oh excuse me when we arrive i had realized that there's Craig's vehicle and a few other vehicles that I don't realize. And when we get there to the back where they had this big bonfire and like beers and, you know, people drinking, there were a whole other crowd of like these 30 some year old people all with my 16 year old, 17 year old girlfriend at the time. Cause I was, you know, 19 years old. And, um, so I come in and, you know, me and my friends are like, oh, my God. And even one of my best friends at the time was like, yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't seem too good. So it was really awkward when I called her over and uh, she said, oh, I thought I told you I was inviting everybody. And I said, who's everybody? I don't even know any of these people. I know Craig. And then she started rattling off all these people like I knew who they were. I knew two out of the whole group. One was because the one was a friend of mine's older sister and the other dude was Craig. So that was the only two people I knew. So then with that, we're all at this awkward, this awkward bonfire. And it's just tension, creepiness. Yes. Back and forth. There's like, 
two crowds, two opposite crowds, like me and all my friends, and then Craig and all his friends. And then like there's my little young girlfriend kind of going back and forth to the crowds, like just like pandering to both crowds. Yeah, it was the worst thing in the world, dude. It was like now looking back at it, I feel like um like so dumb because I could have just walked away and dated somebody else and like just put my foot down and been like, I'm actually done with you. But I didn't. And it was the worst part because I let it drag on and she swore nothing was going on with Craig. Everybody's drinking and things are going on and just, you know, and this whole like bonfire thing that's going on here, Craig and my girlfriend disappear. And this is a couple hours later after, you know, some cases of beer drank and some liquor has been, you know, slugged back. And so once I realize I'm on it, I go inside. I used to live in this house. I go right in through the back door, boom, boom, boom. And I head right towards where my bedroom was, where her bedroom is. And I, I see the door closed and I'm like, if I walk in and they're having sex, I might end up on fucking the news. You know what I mean? Cause I was an 18 year old maniac. Like I was a, a fight machine. Like I was a nut dude. Like I, I would fight somebody if they stared at me the wrong way. Like I was one of those idiots. Oh, I lost my fair share of fights, but I also just won a bunch of no reason fights. So anyway, I fucking doom, 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 run. I'm not even run to where I make a shit ton of noise, but I. Beeline anyway. Yes. Thank you. And I fucking open the door and they're like, it's. You could, you know, like. I could just feel the fucking heat in the room and it kind of smelled like fish, like that after fucking sex kind of fuck smell. And they're like, I'm looking at them both and they're both kind of like sweaty and kind of awkward. And I'm looking at them and I went, oh, all right. And I stood in the doorway and I lit a cigarette and I walked away. And she like runs behind me and goes like, grab my arm. And I like, I like, you know, push her arm off my hand. You know what I mean? Like, don't grab my fucking arm type of deal. I actually said that uh, something else along the lines of don't grab my arm, you fucking whore. And uh, I walk out back and I... It's like, guys, let's fucking go. So my buddies start grabbing all the beer and liquor, and then they're stealing even the other kids' beer and liquors and shit. And they're like, let's fucking go. So we all leave. And Craig and his friends and my 16-year-old girlfriend at the time, I'm this, he's 37 years old. And his friends are all in their mid to late 30s as well. Which is and suspect is all fucked. Bro, exactly. It was t- terrible so um (laughs) with that we all leave and i was the villain in her eyes like she could not believe that i that i left and that we took all the alcohol and all this and all that but it never she never looked at the fact that like she was in there with that dude and i busted her so i like just knew i had to be done okay well she was like don't do this you know Anyway, it drug on some more. Meaning it was, I'll, I'll call it, I, I guess I can say off and on. Meaning like days, I just wouldn't talk to her. And I knew that she'd be running around with Craig. So I just was doing my own thing. Not with any women or anything. I was literally just working. And just 
smoking weed and hanging out with my buddies and just playing video games, not giving a fuck, but not also not realizing like I should have just been completely cutting ties with this shit. I should have went and got another job. I should, you know what I mean? So uh, leads to this. We're it's getting closer to Christmas time. And I really wanted to break up with her. Okay. But it was closer, like in the holidays. And I was like, that's, you know, uh, you know, my plan was the new year was to be done. And all right, here goes reality. Here goes honesty. I wanted to be done with her, but there was like a part of me that really didn't because I had like this weird soft spot for her. And I just like, in my young mind, I don't know if it was like sex or whatever the fuck it was. I just thought like something was different. And um, yeah, ended up being, it was Christmas day. I didn't hear from her on Christmas Eve, but I heard from her on the 23rd and then Christmas day. I was, sit with, I was sitting with all my buddies in my room and we're like smoking a blunt. We're all talking and shit. And then one of my friends asked me like, hey, have you heard from her? And I was like, no. And uh, he said she was posting pictures the other day. And I was like, okay. And it's fucking MySpace days. I, uh, my phone rang and it was her. And uh, she said something along the lines of like, Sorry to uh, come to see you, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see you anymore. And I was like, so wait a minute. You wait until fucking Christmas Day to fucking do this shit? You know what I mean? And I was like, I fucking wanted to, all that time I wanted to leave you and shit, you fucking kept me hanging around. You fucking kept all this bullshit going. And you dumped me on Christmas fucking day. How fucked up is this shit, you know? So, to be honest with you, I don't know what the fuck it ended up being like emotion wise because I was okay with it but then <laughs> I had got drunk and then suddenly I wasn't and I was like and it sucks I didn't want to break up with her and it was like some fifth avenue heartache shit and it was more of like I, you know how people say, like, when you get drunk, you're like, oh, my God, real emotions? Well, I don't know if it was real emotions because I knew I wanted to break up with her. And my mistake was reaching back out after that final breakup. And I had said something about a book. And I was like, can I have some of my stuff back? And then she said something like, you know, I'd been thinking and, you know, I'm not dating Craig, but, you know, of course, you know, I've been talking to him and like some other things like that. And she was like, but I do have your stuff and I want to give it to you. Can we talk? I'm like, yeah, cool. And then she comes over and we meet up and we, a little bit of talk. And she tries to like, first she tries to get me to give her like weed and money. And I was like, well, I, we just got paid last week. than you. Well, anyway, that's not the point. I said, no, I was like, hold on. And uh, we still talk a little bit more and she tries to go for like sex. And I was like, whoa, hold on. I thought we were talking. And I was like, did you have sex with Craig? And she said, that's not important right now. And I said, be honest with me. Did you have sex with Craig? And she just kept trying to avoid it and kept trying to like get over it. Like she would like 
kept trying to like climb on me to kiss me and stuff, you know? And I was like, answer me, damn it. Did you fuck Craig? And I like took her because she was trying to climb over me, like straddle me. I like took her and set her to the side. And I was like, tell me the truth. Did you fuck Craig? Before we go any further with any of this shit, did you fuck Craig? And she was like, just one time it happened. And as soon as she said that, I was like, we're done here. We're done here. I have nothing else to say. We're done here. And I made her leave my house. Well, that cost me a lot. I made her leave my house. And that's when, when I say all hell broke loose, I mean all hell broke loose. It's two days later and I'm sitting in my buddy's living room. (laughs) My phone rings to my mom and I'm like, hey, what's up, mom? And she says, can you get to the house now? And I said, why? And she says, there's two cops here and they're serving papers for you. And I said, for what? And she said, just get to the house, Tom. I said to my buddy, I said, dude, ride me to home like right now. And he was like, all right. So we fucking take a little beeline, like you said, up towards my house. It's a good word. You know, beeline. beeline. Anyway, we fucking <laughs> beelined it to my house and we get there and the cops are still there talking to my mom on the porch, trying to explain my mom this situation. I get there. These cops are not too happy. You Thomas Mixture? And I'm like, yeah. And I look at the one cop and I'm like, wait a minute. And I said to my mom, I said, why? Well, I'm sorry. I said to the cop, I said it. Your name's Steve. And he said, yeah. I look at my mom. I said, mom, you know who this is? And she went, no. And I went, you're Stevie Moritz. And he went, yeah. And I was like, mom, that's our fucking cousin. That's Steve Moritz. And that's the officer's name changed. You know what I mean? And um, anyway, Officer Ritz is not a cracker. He doesn't have, you know, a top hat or anything <laughs> like the peanut guy. But um, Officer Ritz, I was like, you know, that's fucking, he's our cousin. And Stevie uh, Ritz. <laughs> and mom's like, oh, my God, you know, how's such and such? And he's like, oh, good. And he's like, what a small world. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I knew coming back to McKees Rocks, I'd see some people. I just didn't even know you guys still lived in McKees Rocks. And I was like, yeah, unfortunately. And I just said my hometown name and I really didn't want to. And I'm sorry. But um, anyway, after that, he served the papers and he left. And uh, my mom asked me to explain everything. And uh, I did. And I told my mom just about all the different red flags and she, you know, just the times I wanted to leave and I couldn't, you know, just everything like that. And um, swerved it when she said, well, why do these papers have a accusations of domestic violence that's when the needle comes off the record boom and that's what yep that's what i said about the all hell breaking loose and that's where the skirt came from because that makes sense now to why the cops were all like pissed off and everything and i had no idea like i'm not even kidding i i just had no idea why i was getting served with these papers the domestic violence just I didn't know if it was like, um, I, I honestly, I did, I, 
from doing some like spray painting shit that had happened and, you know, getting buzzed. None of that matters. This is where I was getting to. I thought it might've been something else other than what it was. And I was like, Oh my fucking God. You know what I mean? Like, this is fucking insane. And I had called a couple of my friends and I had said to them about that. And they were like, what? So I had a few friends come over and like, we like, Anyway, it was me and Vinny because he drove me back to my house and a few of our other friends who were always around when she was around and we were all sitting there like, when could, you know, what the fuck? So comparing the stories, uh, it goes back to, and this is the truth. We were at my house one day and (laughs) I had this old shelf that I got from the old middle school in our town. My dad and his friends got a job through one of the guys to clean out a few like of this you know this anyway they're cleaning out a few levels of the school and my dad saved a bunch of shit and i saved this shelf and i had it for years i'd like painted it and stuff and i had this shelf hanging on two thumbtacks because it didn't have anything on it other than just a couple like little random odd ends it wasn't the biggest shelf in the world but it wasn't the smallest shelf in the world two layer shelf wasn't nothing like i said it was just you know older and wood we're sitting there and she backs into the wall on my bed because the way in my old high school room the bed sat in the corner and the shelf was against this wall not to where if i was sleeping it would have fell on me but it was on the side you know what i'm trying to say like long ways down the bed yeah. where like my, my head's at the top but it would be on like this side the Away, it'd be like if it fell, it wouldn't, it'd be on the empty side of my bed where it would have fell. But anyway, she had uh backed up into the wall like pretty hard. Everybody knew, even her, like that's the whole point of this. Everybody knew that that shelf was only up by two thumbtacks and that was like a rickety older shelf and it's fallen before. It's just never hit anybody before. And that's where we're getting to. She backed into the wall and the shelf fell down like from her head, you know? And it didn't like fall on top of her head. It like when she, well, when it started to fall, it like hit her on the side of her head, like in her face to where it didn't even give her like uh, any like full black eye or anything. It just gave her like one of those scuffy marks yeah. and like a little bit of a bruise. Scuffy mark and a little bit of a bruise, no bullshit. And that was the only time that there was like in our, in our relationship that there was like a mark on her face, to be honest with you. Or that I can even remember. And that's the whole point I'm trying to build to here. Well, what happens with this is she starts accusing of all this domestic violence. And it all leads back to essentially when I found out that she met Chris. And when I heard this story, it almost ran with mine, but it didn't because it's again her side and it was that she wanted to break up with me and i didn't want to break up which had happened but not at this you know time but what it ended up being was she said that uh once she uh befriended chris that i started putting my hands on her and stuff which is the furthest from truth i lived with her all that time and nothing happened you get what i'm trying to say yeah so with that it was um her story was that it happened again and that 
that day that we met up. And I'm like, what the fuck? It was that day that we met up and we were like talking and stuff. She said that I hit her and gave her a black eye. And I'm like, I have to see these pictures. And I'm thinking, no bullshit, that she's going to pull the picture from where the shelf hit her. Okay. So even me and my friends are like, yeah, that ain't going to look too good if she she pulls out a black eye picture. So then it would come down to her word versus my word. <laughs> These core papers, the date's approaching. So we're trying to figure out what the fuck, you know, and it's me and two, three of my friends that were mutually both of our friends and whatnot. And uh, the court day comes and I think we're going for this ends up being this. And I'll tell you in one second, the ghost. I'm sorry, I'd take a sip of my pop. <laughs> we uh we arrive at court, and to my disbelief, there was my my ex, and then another one of her friends, but was also a girl in our school who just was one of my arch enemies who magically befriended my ex when the town had her. Oh, I skipped that part. Shit. Um, when I got served with the domestic violence papers, she knew that my word was going to get out that I was going to tell people like, do you see this bullshit? So she went around telling everybody like, Tom used to beat me. Tom used to beat me. Tom used to beat me. And like plant a bogus seed of bullshit. So she would, she kind of made this like, and as soon as anybody started hearing the truth, the, the holes just punched right through her story and that's where the ultimate ending gets to was she told people this big story and everybody was like oh my god you know he really was this like terrible person to you and I lost a lot of other friends and a lot of people who I like dealt with and stuff and you know um, my art teacher who was like who was my favorite art teacher who was like one of my favorite teachers of all time just quit talking to me and was like terrible to me after that. Um, so many other things had happened, you know, along with those lines, which all stemmed from her saying that I beat her. And uh, a court day arrived and I had a bad reputation all of a sudden because I looked like this guy who beat her. Well, what had happened was I had a... Uh, some financial issues with a lawyer and I was really upset and I punched this fucking sign when I left one of the buildings and I broke my hand and I already broke this hand one time in life. So now officially in life, I've broken both of my hands and I broke the hand that I write with and that I used to smoke cigarettes with when I smoked. And so I'm like, Oh no, what do I do now? You know? And, um, I have a court case coming up about being violent. My young mind, I'm like, I can't go in there with a cast on my hand. They're going to think I'm some big violent man and they're instantly going to throw the book at me. So long story short, I, I take the cast off when I go into the courtroom and I leave it into the vehicle with my stuff because my mom and dad had drove me downtown to make sure in case I got locked up that they would have my stuff and that I'd be all right. Um, so anyway, 
we're in the courtroom and uh, I'm expecting to hear a certain amount of other things. And I look over and like I said, there's my ex-girlfriend and then her family that didn't like me. And then that girl who's my arch rival and then her mom and that dude, like it's, it's everybody from essentially my past is, you know, over there. And then I look behind me and it's my mom, my dad, and then my couple friends and then a couple mutual friends who stuck on my side because they were like, yeah, you know, she, yeah, she fucked up, not you. So anyway, we're in the courtroom and they lay out everything and they said, uh, you could be charged with this, 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 and this, that would be on your record if, you know, this proceeds. And, you know, they explained to me that uh, we're here because I assaulted her. And I was like, we're not though. And they said that if I continued to try and, you know, plead innocent, that they were going to bring in more evidence. And I said, please do. I would love to see this evidence. Um, at first they showed, and this is going to sound terrible. There was a couple of text messages where like, it was, they didn't show the whole context either. It was a few text messages from in between an argument that we had had about her throwing away some of my stuff. And in the text, I'd said something like, because uh, it was in between, and it said something like, if you do, I'll, I'll kick your ass or I'll kick the shit out of you or something like that. And uh, she had said something like, I'll break your bong. And I said, I'll beat the fuck out of you in a text. And they had used that at first. And they were like, see, he said this. And I was like, well, that doesn't prove anything. And I was like, we're literally here today. And when I had said that, about we were there today because of the fucking guy from over in customer service because she was having an affair it i got shut down with that it was um no rejection okay so then i said uh I'm, you know i continuing to plead innocent we can continue on with this trial whatever and they bring in the next set of evidence was pictures of her face and i First picture, like I said, the first piece of evidence was the picture of the text messages. The second thing was a picture. And when I seen the picture, I went, I've seen that picture before. I've seen that picture before. And like, I can talk with a little bit of relief in myself now. Like, I, no bullshit. I knew I had that picture. I knew I seen that picture before. And this is where like everything goes really crazy. And it showed that like she had been uh, dealing with like mental health issues herself and didn't even know because mental health wasn't a big thing back then, you know? No, it wasn't, unfortunately. She was a really good Photoshop worker. Like she was really good with like photo editing and stuff back in the day. And for like around that time, <laughs> she took a picture that she had sent me the one time and it was a like close up like of her like this and it's her like leaning forward almost like pushing her chest out and you see like the what would be the left side of her face and uh sure there it is there's her titties and then sure as shit there's what i could clearly me at least i knew that's a photoshop black eye like it just she didn't put some big monstrous black eye but it was a just enough to where i was like yeah it's definitely photoshop it's definitely photoshop 
well, my, my public defender was like, you know, if you go and say that that's, you know, public, yeah, it's, um, that that's Photoshop, you can get like charged with like slander and stuff. And like, he tried to like convince me not to do that. And I was like, no, I'm telling you it is. And if you give me 15 minutes in a computer, I could find that picture. And he said, oh, if you can do that, then that would throw this whole case out. And I said, get me a computer, get me access to a computer. So he said to the judge, he was like, can we take a lunch recess? And the guy was like, you know, I don't want to do nothing like that. We could take a, a break. So instead of taking a, um, an hour, we took a half hour. And on that half hour, my dad and mom went outside to smoke cigarettes. And they were like, if you know what you're doing, boy, you better actually do it. Went to this fucking computer and uh, um, went in on my MySpace and went in and was looking through her pictures and looking through my pictures. And I'm like, fuck, where is this picture at? And then, sure as shit, I remembered where it was. And back in the day, um, when we first got together, she had sent me like a whole bunch of like, I'll say sexy pictures, you know, like cleavage pictures and underwear pictures and stuff like that. So I had them still. And they were in my fucking folder. And I went to my messages and went back to when we first got together and stuff and was looking and digging and sure shit enough, there it was. And I like clicked on the little you know, JPEG link and it popped up the fucking picture. And I was like, print that some bitch out. And the guy was like, relax, relax. You know, the joy that came over me finding that picture, I knew like, well, at least I thought I had it scot-free. So we printed out this picture and, uh, the guy had saved it and did some other things. Anyway, um, we go back. And I'm thinking I have it down, but I don't. The whole thing of from printing it, it could have looked different, or she could have sent it in a different um, in a different tone, like in a different, not filter, but a different, like, you know, essentially Twitter. a color filter, you know? Yeah. And they tried all those different things. Like that one is in this tone. This one's in not. This one's not edited. And this is the real one. That's the edited one. And it all came down to the dates. And sure as shit, like I was like, you know, this is the same photo. And uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> I really did. I was. I. I didn't think I was actually going to get to where I got. And it's, I don't know if it was, I, here we go. So they find the photo out that it's legit. Okay. And then they turn it at her and they're like, you could be held in contempt of court. Da, da, da. He could press charges and like all this goofy shit. Well, then I said like about her being nuts and they were like, we're just going to give you both a mutual PFA. If that's what you need. And I was like, well, I don't need the, you know, like, that's fine. You know? And they were like, no, I think you should. So there was a four year PFA put in place. And <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I I'm sitting here now and I'm like, looking back at it in my head and I'm sorry that's what took me a second. No, no, no it's all good, bro. No bullshit, man. 
like I'm sitting there and when I said about the, the PFA and I was like, what the fuck? You know, like what? And she's like, I have to say something like it has to be mutual or something like that. And they were like, okay, okay. Like it is just whatever the fuck it is, like stay away from whatever. Couldn't remember the exact feed. You know, you couldn't be like with 200 yards or something with each other. You couldn't work in the same place. <clears throat> so her family snapping. They were expecting me to like get the book thrown at me that I was going to be like, you know, prisoner number one, you know, like I was going to be thrown underneath the jailhouse and locked up for good. Well, her one uncle was like trying to like not snap out, but he was like, what? That's it. That's it. Like he was like super mad. And uh, essentially they had to remind him like that his, his niece lied. You know what I mean? And that the picture was Photoshopped and uh, there could have been, it could have been a lot worse. Well, that was the easy part, per se. We uh, we got done, and I won. The court case was over. There was nothing else to say. Well, except for I had to go back to my hometown. And in the aftermath of me standing there, you know, all these, you know, eight months, nine months, 10 months later, chanting, I, I won. Look, that story from that happened in the summer. I won. I, I, I didn't hit her. It's at that point too late. Fall on deaf ears. Nobody gave a fuck, dude. You know what I mean? And the ones that did already had their mind made up where they weren't going to listen to me fucking hearing that shit. All they were going to think was, oh, they sided with you. Okay, whatever. We know what happened. And that's all it essentially came down to, because even after that, you had people that just didn't give a fuck. You had people that believed that I won incorrectly because of the fucking the photo quality and how it was whatnot. And then you have the people that, like I said, just weren't going to change their minds because they had already made their minds up. And it, it just. It hurt more than it helped after it all. You know what I mean? Uh from that situation of me, you know, should have just walked away before everything got way out of hand. And instead of fighting for a uh, relationship that I should have gave up on all that time ago and let her be with that older guy and everything, I didn't. So I ended up fucking myself in the long run. Sure, I ended up technically getting my name cleared on paper. Like, legally, there's no... Yeah, nothing but, not, but not in public opinion. Yep. But in the court of public opinion... I was hung. I, it took me years to even get remotely some of that uh, quality of respect back from people. And I'm talking years in my hometown. You know what I mean? To where like I had, I had it's that classic saying, you had to go away for a long while for them to miss you. Yeah. And then I, I was gone for a long period of time and I had popped back up and then the ones that did remember it and that I was able to say something to, okay, whatever. And then the other ones just, you know, didn't even care to even say hi to, you know what I'm trying to say to you? Um, and ultimately with that, I had thought, you know, we're past all this and maybe, uh, maybe she wouldn't be petty and, you know, still continue to trash my name or anything. 
but uh that's not the case because if anybody gets the chance to uh speak of me she speaks ill of me even though um after I had came back and reinvented myself, we'll say she had tried to reach back out to me and wanted to get back together and wanted to try to do this, you know, all again. And that was all the past and we've grown so much and no, exactly. It was all this time later. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, I'll be honest here. Yes. We did hook up a few times years later. And, uh, then it was like, I realized like my dick hated her because it became more of a chore than anything. And I was like, that's why I'm not, I'll say it. That's why I'm not performing the way I should have been because my dick fucking hates her. And I came to that decision that I had to just get the fuck away from her. And she didn't like that decision. So now even continuously up until this day, and I'm in my mid thirties. She still bashes my name. If somebody, you know, were to bring up old Tom Casadega, you know, that girl would be like, Oh, he's a dickhead. He hit me one time. We were 18 or when, when he was 18, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, uh, that was probably one of the biggest, uh, let's be honest, traumas of my younger life, man that caused me years of like, I didn't trust women. I thought all women were lying bitches and they were all going to cheat and they were all going to be these like sneaky whores and just all this goofy stuff, man. It really like jaded me on women. I'm not kidding. Like it took me a long time to realize like, yeah, not every woman's going to be like that girl, Kylie, you dated, you know what I mean? And uh, no bullshit. I even still had some of the ripple effects from that trauma into my marriage. And my wife, you know, my wife and I had even spoke about a few things of that. And I was like, it's almost like I still have a hard time trusting uh, people in general almost. Because it's like, I don't know. So many things had happened with that. I it was very hard for me to trust a woman in a way that I felt I was a hundred percent with my guard down until I married my wife. And that's the God honest truth. Any girl I had been with after that Kylie girl, any girl that I had dated after I was with this Kylie girl, all got the, scarred version of me i was always like paranoid kind of like a jealous boyfriend because i always assumed the girl was going to be like a lion cheater no matter how much they fucking liked me or no matter how much i thought that i liked them i just thought it's going to be destiny that they were going to be these like lying cheating horse and did i cost myself a lot of younger relationships yes i did um did that cause a ripple effect of like me to treat some women terrible? Yes, it did. I, uh, I had a few relationships after that Kylie girl that when I felt comfortable enough to open up and tell them like, 
yeah, I had an ex who accused me of beating them to where when I got into like an argument with some of these exes that it was brought up against me either as a threat or as like a, or as a jab. I had, you know, uh, a rough time with relationships literally after for years, years. And, uh, Like I said, I was a young kid and, you know, I, a lot of things happened so fast because of uh, money and drugs and decisions and one decision can change something and make, you know, have long lasting effects forever, you know? And I definitely, even now in life, I still feel some of the effects of things that I chose to do back then. Man, um, talk about a fucking story and journey. Jesus. Um, couple of questions. I answer them as best as you can. Just okay. Um, during all that, were Kylie and Chris an item in any way, um, shape, or form, or shape, form, capacity? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but after the whole fact of, um, like... After the jig was up. Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Once the whole thing that happened, like, they became an official item. Like, after the whole Christmas breakup thing... And then I want to say a few months into that, the papers got served, you know what I mean? Like into the new year, whatever it was. And then once the uh, court papers had got served and she had like came out and told everybody that like, you know, I had, you know, um, I beat her and everything and that I was this terrible monster. That's when she just came out with this boyfriend, Craig, Chris. Um, and Hey, I, um, like I said, it was another one of them things now to where it was like, if people could have just seen, like, look, they're dating. You know what I'm trying to say? But, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they were the item there. And they, I'm trying to think of how long it lasted because it didn't last long because he was, again, 37 years old. I was going to say, was like, that 16. was going to be my follow-up question. Like, no one raised any concern or ire about the the age gap yep and they did and all of her friends did to where i was even getting like phone calls and shit from her other friends like the fuck do you do to her what happened like being sarcastic maybe like she's really like into this dude and doesn't care what anybody thinks apparently even her mom had questioned it and been like why are you doing this and she was like I don't know. Apparently the line that I pushed them together got thrown around. And that can be said from her point of view. If, if that's really what she wanted, okay. But I know for a damn fact, I didn't force any, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. None of my actions could have caused them to, to become an item is what I'm trying to say. It was, had I made some of the choices to leave and quit, and break up with her prior 
things might have not even gone as deep as they were. But because I, because she couldn't be dumped was ultimately what led me to being dumped and then accused of being beat or accused of beating her and everything like that. Because when she had dumped me, I was like, it's because she had this fucking affair with this, you know, middle-aged customer service guy. And that's the whole, another part that honestly, like I said, nobody put to tune two together of, she swore up and down and got so offended when I put the fucking thing out there that she had been having this affair with this older guy and, you know, swore up and down that they were only friends and that I was, you know, I was completely wrong for thinking that they had this affair and all this and all that to where they were dating a, uh, you know, two months, a month later, technically, they might've been dating prior to that, but to the public dating just that much later, right after the you know accusation that came out that they had the affair. Um, what was it like going into that? I guess I don't want to say trial, but court case. And like, how did you feel when you heard you were clear? Like, like what exactly went? Like, what went through you? I exactly as best as you can explain. Obviously. Well, like I said, it was. Um... When I just knew I had to get to that picture, I honest to God, I just knew I had, if I could just find that picture, I was just certain in my head that I just had it won. Well, like I said, it wasn't just that Scott easy free. And then it became back and forth with the, oh, excuse me, word of mouth of my story versus hers. And ultimately when it came out, you know, everything came true. It was... I don't want to say like a sigh of relief because that's like kind of like stereotypical, just like, Oh, I had a sigh of relief. No, it wasn't like that. It was more of like, I could relax just for a second because I knew that's pretty much all I had was just like a second. And I took that second and like I said, I, I was okay. Yeah. I won in the court case, but I was still, a lose like a, a woman being loser to everybody. I was, I was going back to my hometown and I was really involved with like the art community and, you know, theater and music and, you know, different things like that. And I had, a, I won't say a bigger fan, like not wow fan, a bigger friend base is what I was trying to say to where I had like um, acquaintances and other friends that like, I wouldn't hang out with any, like every day, but then I, any random day that I'd hang out with them, we could hang out for six, eight hours because I was just cool with them like that. Well, so much of that stopped after that court case because so many of these people just took it at face value that her story seemed like it was what it was and it had to have been the truth because the way she said it, nobody knew the real timeline of us even being together and shit. So they were like, oh, wow, yeah, he must have flipped out and just beat her. And that ain't the case. And ultimately, like I said, wasn't the fucking case, you know? <laughs> Here's a funny thing. Her aunt paid for her to have a lawyer. I used a public defender 
and I won. Do I consider it a, a huge win in life? No, because all I did was prove that I didn't beat this girl. But it cost me so much more. You know what I mean? Like all the bullshit that I could have just avoided by just breaking up with her sooner and actually being done and being like a, an adult and being done cost me a lot of friendships, a lot of like art gigs, uh, music gigs. You know what I mean? Like uh, I might've won the, the war, but the battles, a lot of those were lost. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you there was a bunch may of, have lost the battle, but won the war. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's uh, I, you know, it was ultimately it was so many years ago now. You know what I'm trying to say, but it was ultimately like a huge um, a lesson teacher in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. least like when i was younger i would say that now looking back on it oh yeah i learned some lessons now but right after it happened i was hurt i was jaded i was you know what i mean like um, rightfully so it was like i said i i i thought i was in love you know what i mean i i thought i had something uh so special with this and i thought it was going to be like my forever you know what i'm trying to say like that young love of just oh my goodness it has you know but in reality you're just a fucking a young couple but like i said had i walked away prior it would have never got to the part and the points you know what i mean i wouldn't have a fucking story to tell today and i'd be okay with that because i would have a, a a there's so many what ifs, you know what I mean? Let me just be honest with you. With that. I, and yes, there were other friends that stuck to her side of it without even hearing my side of it because they knew me as like, I would fight. You know what I mean? Like I, we were at a, we were at a party one time and uh, there was a few of us sitting around drinking and there was a kid who I went to school with and he lived in the area. and go with us and he was there and he, he didn't like me i didn't like him knew him from the area too well one of my good friends was really good friends with that kid i said first that was like actually my friend you know what i mean so it was me one of my friends one of my friend's friends who was also one of my acquaintances who i could i guess i could consider a friend you know what i mean and then this kid who didn't like me and we're all sitting, just the four of us drinking. And this dude kept looking at me and mind this, the whole party's going on. If he didn't like the conversation, he could have just left, you know? Well, we're talking about something and long story short to not go into the detail of anything else. Um, I had said something the dude didn't like about another situation. And the dude said, you know what mixed, uh, you know what? Uh, you know what, mister? You think you're so tough. <laughs> he said, I've always wanted to fight you. And I was like, oh, yeah? Well, let's do it. And uh, he didn't want, like, it was, 
and I hate even like the try, you know, but when you're younger and there's like the fights, it's always so much talking before anything happens. Yeah, it's just a so lot just, of bravado, a yes. lot of chirping. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening. Well, mindless, I wasn't really like a, a huge talker. Like I was, all right, yeah, we, we're going to sit there. We're going to yell back and forth, but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack. And <sighs> fuck, here we go. Here's the truth. I had said something about this kid who had killed himself in our town. And the dude didn't like it. Well, the kid who had killed himself in our town had said some other shit. And because he was in love with Kylie, the girl that uh, we were talking about today, he had wrote about her in his suicide note and said, whatever you do in life, don't be with Tom in his suicide note, this kid. And I had made, I had said fucking something about that at this party. And this dude was like all jacked off. Like, you know, he was my friend, dude. And all this. And I was like, okay, okay. And I, and I, fuck, I'm, here goes honesty. I shouldn't have said what I said next. I said, okay, yeah, but he's also the kid who killed himself because he couldn't find no weed to chill the fuck out. Because that was the story that came out that he was having like a real bad time thinking about some stuff that had happened and he couldn't find no weed nowhere. And his thoughts got the best of him and he killed himself. And that was one of the stories that came out about what happened to him. And I had made, I made that comment. I said, well, you know, come silver, go and get some weed. And the dude, he, popped off and he was like you know i always didn't fucking like you you and your smart mouth motherfucker and that's when he was like come on tom and i was like all right do it and he didn't want to do nothing because i stayed sitting in my seat like come on motherfucker do something and he didn't even want to get up because i didn't get up i didn't like jump and have some crazy big wrestling eyes or you know what i mean was like you know getting all fucking fired up or nothing like that and sure shit dude we're sitting there and I knew the kid, I seen the kids, it's like kind of twitchy reaction that he was going to try and like sneak me when I went to stand up for another beer. So I beat him to the punch and I had a glass bottle of fucking Corona and I was like, act my guy's going to stand up and he went to stand up and I stood up a second after he stood up and just crushed him over the top of the head with this bottle of Corona shattered the bottle. It fucking busted like just a little like half crescent moon shape into the top of his head and he started bleeding everywhere and he was a blonde dude and he had a fucking white wife beater on so he started getting all fucking black the fucking the music was still playing but it was essentially like a skirt moment and everybody was all fucking oh my god oh my god tom just hit fucking what's his face with the fucking bottle and uh yeah so essentially like i said some people knew me as being this fucking asshole. Some people knew me as being this like over the top kind of nut. So when they heard the story that she accused me of beating her, then magically I must have just been guilty. And that's the biggest problem with like society, dude. It's always guilty until proven innocent instead of the real matter of, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Because she knew and I knew that I didn't fucking hit her. But yet she knew that she was also a chick and was going to get away with it. And, and that's why I always talk to you about this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial because, bro, when this fucking shit started happening and everybody jumped on his bandwagon, 
like where the fuck were all these people back when I was fucking like 18 and 19 you know what <laughs> I mean it's just I'm telling you dude it was you didn't have that support you didn't have the people that took your benefit of the doubt you know what I'm trying to say because even even as far back when I, I was younger like that it's it was just a different time you know what I'm trying to say to you yeah, you know, just you know what shit, I'm talking shit, about. This shit was different. Yes, guys weren't. You know what I mean? Like, um, guys weren't supposed to be like soft or anything. You know what I'm trying to say? Guys weren't supposed to like. Um, guys weren't supposed to be innocent. Let me just say that. Like, if you got accused of fucking beating a woman, you were supposed to be this woman beater. You know what I'm trying to say? It's just. Like I said, I got slapped with the fucking label before any truth was even out. But I mean, yeah, that's it's sad and it's still kind of like that. We're taking baby steps to shake that that I guess obnoxious stigma. But um I guess with that we gotta wrap up part two of this amazing kickoff episode. Um, another strange trip with Tom Cassadega. Uh, we went through some mountains, <laughs> went through some peaks, went through some valleys. I'm pretty sure we stopped at hell at some point and came back. Um, <laughs> uh, if you like this, you can follow us on Twitter at the right hook podcast and use the hashtag strange days with Tom T H O M. Or you can email us at rhrpodcast1 at gmail.com and put in the subject line, Strange Days with Tom, T-H-O-M, and have any comments, questions, uh, concerns, uh, anything, you know, if you like the concept, if you want to go, if you want us to dig into something else, if you want us to, you know, we're kind of an open book on this show because this is kind of the concept of the show and Again, I just want to thank you for being so candid, transparent, real, and in a strange way, entertaining. <laughs> like, I know that's really morbid to say, <laughs> but I've actually I've actually heard that before. I'm sorry to jump in, um, but I've actually heard that from numerous people before that I was uh, that I was entertaining of a person that I was I've actually heard that I was one of the, the most entertaining people that people have met and interesting i'm sorry i was one of the most interesting people that they've ever met and it's it, that was one of my biggest problems i always lived life so fast because i always tried to make the most of it i did it kind of backwards while everybody was supposed to be like pounding the books and you know being a like good kid and student and everything i was partying and you know, going all nuts. And then through my twenties and stuff, I was, you know, just partying while doing my damn thing. Just boom, 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 boom. And, um, yeah, you know, now later in life, I, you know, I'm, I, I am a high school graduate and I have a college degree. So that's one thing that I was able to separate was my studies and my degrees when college came, but that's different. I, I almost didn't graduate. I almost didn't graduate because 
I wasn't a perfect student or nothing like that. I did everything last minute. And that's a whole other story for another day. But I partied, party, partied. And now that I'm older, I'm trying to do everything, you know, backwards, if that makes sense. I'm trying no, to figure out. Sense. I'm in my mid-30s still trying to figure out what I'm going to do in life. And while in today's generation, they expect every kid to have it all figured out by like 25. You know what I mean? It's not realistic. And, <laughs> and that I hate that, that stigma of like people just think you have to have it all figured out by like 25 years old. And I just I I'm not that person. I um <laughs> I have a wife and my son and we have a house and you know it's the whole point of um the reason we start I'm sorry I didn't mean to jump in like this again no, but the re the reason we started doing strange days was because I had wrote a book actually called The Strange Days and it was my life story and essentially I wanted to mass produce a book and then the pandemic happened and it was really 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 hard to get someone to print nor publish a book for you in the pandemic and I didn't want to do an ebook. I wanted to do a physical copy. That was where the big line was. Well, then that's my fault for using a, an old computer and everything. I lost the majority of my story. And while it's all here in my head still, I had it written a certain way that first time around. You're just not going to catch that same wave of magic that you had that first time. Exactly. So I was so hurt. I had just literally put my computer away. And then we've had success with the, you know, the right hook pod. And I figured instead of me writing a book again, essentially do the book audio form. And here there's we no, are. Yeah. There's no print involved. It's all right from my mouth. These are all going to be stories and honest to God memories from like my honest to God mind and heart and my memory bank. These are all my recollection of memories and stories that we're going to go on these different trips each week. Um, and they're all going to be told with the best of my recollection. There will be some that I will honestly tell you like, and then that's where it gets a little fuzzy or like, I don't remember exactly at this point, you know, like I will tell you when I don't, you know, yeah. when I don't know exactly, but I also will, everything you hear will be completely honest, whether it's embarrassing or not. And it's only getting started. I figured I would use this story, you know, from graduation and that girl, Kylie, as a good starting point to kind of show what we were really going to be bringing to the table. And then when I decided to start with that story, I figured the two part would be perfect because it wasn't going to be able to be told in one, like I had said at the beginning of the show. So um, honestly, I'm sorry to take over again. No, man. But no, that you pretty much hit the nail on the head on what this show is. And that's why I'm kind of glad we're doing it. And, and you're, the right vessel to make this possible just cause well, thank you. um you have that that knack to storytell and to kind of what's the word I'm looking for 
like grab people in and and that's what i hope we like get in this in this journey and it gives someone kind of a blueprint that it's okay or let someone know that whoa like like well like i say on our 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 right hook pod that like that like we're not alone and this is just another good example of feeling amen to that and if i'm able to help anybody even just that little bit that hell that's a plus and an accomplishment for me you know i'm pretty much the same way i i that's i wouldn't (laughs) expect anything less you're a very positive person you know so we uh we have some really good topics coming up in the future episodes you know what i mean there's uh i for next week's show i have it narrowed down to two i just don't know which road i feel like taking yet but good then, by next keep, week's then episode. keep it a surprise because that that's yeah. gonna make it even fucking better yeah so next week's episode should be a very good doozy because the two topics that i have because i have to keep coming in strong i can't take you know an easier topic yet we have a few of those that are going to be like easier down topics like i have one coming up it's going to be the life and death of my dad which is an easier low-hanging fruit because it's just an easy subject for me to talk about that's not really a you know a heart you know yeah i might cry but compared to having to drudge up memories from when i was younger or drudge up memories from bad relationships or you know, even think of old memories from anything else. Thinking of a story, like, you know, talking about my dad or talking about like another dead relative or something won't hurt. It won't, won't be too much of a chore. You know what I'm trying to say? I get you. Yeah. While it'll have its emotions, it'll be an easier day at the office per se is what I'm trying to say on that. Um, yeah, like when I originally wanted to bring up episode one and two, I had to like hype myself up to be able to like take that trip down that memory lane again, because those are stories I tried to lock away for years before I, was gonna I finally say, yeah, just embraced it. You know, it took me a little while to embrace it, but All right. yeah. but with that. Uh, that's going to wrap up. We're going to pull the car into the lot and park this story. And as this is another successful strange trip in strange days with Tom Casadega, uh, you can you will see these two episodes pop up on Spotify under strange days with Tom Casadega. We're going to get that worked out and fixed up here tonight, tonight or tomorrow. And Give us a listen, give us a follow, rate us, follow us on Twitter at the right hook pod. You can email us at rhrpodcast one. And until next time, I'm Right Hook Ray. I'm Tom Castadega. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. ACS. <laughs>